0: Hello and welcome to The Deal Room. This is part one of a two-part interview with Ross Fleck, Managing Director at Comerica, the US retail and business bank. In this interview, Ross shares his story from early college days through to his first role at HSBC and how he has navigated his career path across three continents and a wide range of roles in finance. Enjoy my conversation with Ross. I'm super excited. I think we're going to split this probably into two, this podcast. The first part of this podcast is just going to be a bit of a chat about early career decisions made, why take particular roles, who were the inspirations, what were the mentors, that kind of thing. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the world of venture debt. It's something that as a student, I certainly hadn't heard of. And it's a little bit different to your corporate debt markets, some of the stuff that we've spoken about before on the pod. So I'd love to dive into that, especially in the wake of Silicon Valley Bank and, and some of the things that, again, uh, Piers and Ant speak about on a Friday afternoon. So firstly, Ross, welcome, welcome to the pod. Thanks,
1: Stephen. Good to see you and uh, happy to be
0: here. Yeah, really good to have you. Firstly, where are you dialing in from? Tell me, tell me what's going on.
1: I am in my home state of Colorado, right smack in the middle of the U.S. in Denver, which is our our capital and kind of fastest
0: growing city. Oh, very nice. What's the what's the finance scene like in Denver? Uh,
1: limited, limited. There you <laughs> know, there's a good uh, a good bench of kind of traditional corporate and community banks, uh, but we've had a, a real boom in in the tech space, probably in the five years leading up to COVID and especially since COVID. So there's more and more venture
0: banking that's happening here as well. Nice, well, look, excited to uh, excited to get into that. Um but yeah, let's let's start at the beginning. I'd love to know a little bit about your background and maybe your journey from college and studying through to landing your first job in finance. Tell me the journey.
1: yeah, sure, sure. Um, you know, somewhat of an atypical background, I think is is fair to say. you know to start, i was I was kind of born in a, a standard kind of medium to small town, middle America to middle class parents, so I really didn't have a very clear idea of what finance was and all the different opportunities that exist in this industry. Quite frankly, not a lot of real world knowledge or or curiosity for that matter. Uh, I did go to college, but had no clear idea about what kind of career I I was looking to do and Um, My dad worked in corporate America, having started as a a janitor at Dunkin' Donuts and kind of came up through their organization. So naturally, I studied business and economics. um, And that wasn't something that was taught before university. It wasn't available before in in the U.S. So so there was some appeal because it was something new. Looking back to, to friends who had graduated in economics with me, who were all in New York City, all doing different types of investment banking, uh, of portfolio management, etc., and, and started to feel like I was falling behind a bit. So I came back to get a job uh, in 2008, which was a great time to to be looking for a job in the financial world. Um, so naturally, what do you do when everything's uh, going south? Is you go to business school. Um, and I spent uh, I spent some time in business school thinking I'd I'd be a a, a consultant, um, but I really wanted something that would take me abroad. Uh, you know, we had spent time working odd jobs like a bartender while overseas, but never felt like I was a professional in a in a local economy. And, and so I wanted to do that and was fortunate that one of my career counselors at, at university at business school had spent his career at Citigroup. And so he said, hey, listen, if you're thinking about going into the State Department but you wanna do something private enterprise, Citigroup and HSBC both have these programs that are akin to the foreign service. It moves you around, uh, gives you opportunities to do different things. Um, and so I, I called on, on both of them and, and fortunately found a home at HSBC.
0: Nice. Well, let, let's talk about HSBC in a second. I just want to pick up on your MBA experience, because this is again, something that students might be thinking is a, is a rite of passage or at least an option some yeah. way down the line. Tell me about, uh, tell me about your MBA experience and, and what would you say, what would you say that it's good for? What did you get out of it at that stage in your early career?
1: Yeah, you know, interestingly, now in finance, I have a lot of young people ask me, MBA or CFA. I think Mm -hmm. it's a deeply personal decision. I think you get different advantages out of both of them. Um, I like the MBA because I was never dead set on spending an entire career on on finance. Um, It also gave me a good chance to kind of reset after a few years of of working odd jobs and and kind of, you know, make sure I knock the ball out of the park, so to speak, academically and, and can validate myself in front of employers. That, it was some of the best time of my life um, from an academic perspective and, and, you know, expanding my mind and learning about all the different opportunities that exist um, to the relationships I built. You know, it, it's, a very, um, it's a very difficult decision for a lot of people um, because you're, t- you're not only giving up the opportunity cost of, of wherever you are in your career. Um, that was not as much an issue for me as a bartender, um, but it's also the cost and the, the time away, right? Um, so to that degree, you know, I did a one year program um, because I had done economics undergrad. Um, I was able to get into a one year program. So it's obviously minimizes some of that cost. But I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. Great relationships.
0: And was there so you've obviously you, before you got your first role in finance, you had a bit of an eclectic background, maybe not the traditional path of internship and spring week and and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, how did you how did you position it when maybe facing your inter, uh, maybe facing your interviews both for mba but also for 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 jobs how did you position this strange background that you've had
1: sure sure well and thank you for putting it that politely um, <laughs> look i think one of the one of the really important lessons uh, that i learned in business school i i like to think because i had this background i knew it was going to be a slog and i knew i was going to have to become a really good storyteller and tell that story time and time and time and time again and i think a lot of my peers who maybe came from consulting or investment banking were on a more normalized track, in a degree, to a degree have their foot off the gas because they were expecting
0: you
1: you know you do a couple of years of banking or, or consulting you do an MBA program and then everybody lines up to hand you a job, so um, a lot of it was you know how I positioned myself you know there's a degree you'll you'll know this as you're further into your career um, it, when I was interviewing at the consulting firms they called it the airport test. Um, but you're always flying around when you're a consultant uh you're oftentimes stuck at least in the us our our air transport is is awful and so it's not uncommon to be delayed three to ten hours and you're sat at an airport bar drinking beers um, with whoever it is that's staffed on your project and so i think that airport test is where i really leaned in and tried to shine of can this person have a conversation do they have an interesting background is it somebody i want to be stuck in an airport with Versus, versus somebody who's maybe a little bit more standardized. And then the last thing that I think that what I really leaned into or sold was kind of flexibility, adaptability and, and resilience, right? You, you build a lot of that traveling in emerging markets. Um, and I think that, that resonates, you know, I joke um, when I actually was interviewing with HSBC, the process probably took the better part of five months. There was phone calls, there were online aptitude tests. And it all accumulated in a, in a super day, which was kind of a mock-up of a day in the life of an IM. They give you a huge binder of data and a schedule for the day of memos that you need to turn in at a certain time and meetings that you need to go have with you know, simulated kind of difficult conversations. And it all culminates at the end to uh, giving a final presentation to a panel. Uh, it's a mock board because your CEO can't make it. Um, and as I'm getting up to that final panel, I caught my suit on a nail that was sticking out of the bottom of the desk and I ripped a hole that was probably two feet long right down the the (laughs) inside of my leg and so I'm presenting to this panel of existing IMs with my underwear showing with the better part of my upper thigh out Uh, and you know I think that's why you know maybe it was just out of pity but I, I think there's a degree of all right, this this guy's resilient. Uh, you know, he's willing to stand up and do this. He didn't just walk out, and and I think that's that adaptability, that resiliency, um, translates well in in my career.
0: That is awesome. I actually did not know that. <laughs> uh, I, that's definitely that's definitely why they uh, they they gave you the job.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, I understand. It was
0: pity. And this and this is a really interesting story because because there are so many skills that you need within banking, and certainly as you get started that are not the type of skills necessarily that you're going to be getting as you tick the early CV boxes and do the online courses and things like that. So maybe maybe just tell me a little bit about, you know, landing day one week one job one within this international management program and and as you mentioned the IM program at HSBC it's this kind of foreign diplomatic core where they send you around for two or three years doing all sorts of different jobs across the whole bank so it's not like you are just stuck in M&A for 25 years it's you don't really know what you're going to get so tell me about that experience
1: yeah well, you sold it right. And that's certainly how it was sold to me. I think it started, you know, I finished my degree at a small, tiny little town in, in the Midwest in the US and was was telling all my friends about this new job I had. And that summer, they flew us out to London for, for, for a month of training. And they take you to the top of Canary Wharf and you see all of London. And they show you a video and tell you about Shanghai and Sao Paulo and Tokyo and all these amazing cities you're going to work in. Um, and I ended up getting sent to Buffalo, New York. Which no no uh, no foul against folks from Buffalo. They're lovely people, but it's on the Canadian border. It's it's a very small town in Middle America. Not not feeling like this is what I was sold. Um, you know, on paper, moving there in November was was pretty rough. And and to pour salt in the wound, uh, this was right after HSBC had gotten into some foul territory with the SEC, and so I was helping kind of stand up a project. Um, focused on government-imposed regulation and remediation. We were essentially conducting surgery on our business, and it was all stick and no carrot. You know, we had a year to remediate our entire portfolio of clients with to these new standards. And anybody we didn't get to that standard, we'd have to throw out of the bank. So there wasn't really a lot of upside. Um, but in hindsight, you know, I ended up working with five other people who were on this program. Um, you know, as you said, it was like a diplomatic corps. So this was a great tool for the bank to call on five or six or seven people and say, hey, we're going to put you here and you don't really have a say about it. Hopefully you're capable and you're motivated and you're energetic. Um, so there was, there was five of us in our mid-20s and we ended up kind of standing out, standing up a, a KYC process, if people know what that is, and building a team uh, of 250 people in a year um, to kind of deal with the, the gut and the flow of, of remediating this entire bank
0: so how, you must have had some pretty pretty kind of dark days in buffalo in the <laughs> middle of winter with that expectation I, I remember when i first joined the bank and i was obviously on the same program as you and i actually had a going away party you know getting out of the uk here we go international stint and they placed me in canary wharf for two and a half years yes. <laughs> and you do tumbling, you do have tumbling.
1: it's a good reminder <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you must have. had, You know. But how did you kind of? How did you push on through that first stint when you were landed in a in a city that isn't necessarily the most glamorous and in a role that isn't necessarily representative of what most people think? You know, mid twenties finance is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Look, I. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. There were there were definitely some some days that were harder than others. Um, you know, I think something. I a few things that I learned maybe in that process you've got to be a realist. Um, You know, at a macro level, your career is one part of who you are. Um, And you don't necessarily, you're never going to find the perfect job, right? Um, There there are elements of jobs that are good and elements that of jobs are bad. I think for me, um, one way that I I helped resolve was um, by just working more than I've ever worked in my life. (laughs) We were running multiple shifts of teams from kind of 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. and Uh, The five of us that were standing this up were working all of those hours. We had shifts on Saturdays, so Sundays were our only days off. Um, That that helps keep you busy. The other piece for me is, um, as we kind of talk about my career, you'll you'll get the sense that I I get bored quickly um, and I really like to be learning new things. And in this, more than any other job, probably because it was my first job in finance, so no matter what I would have been doing, was drinking water from a fire hose. And everything was coming at you so quickly um, there was, a, you know, I didn't know what a commercial banking customer was. I didn't know how they interact with a bank. Uh, KYC was an unknown acronym, AML, all of these types of standard finance acronyms meant nothing to me. Um, so not only did I get a really good kind of business school crash course in banking, um, but when you're 25 years old, 26 years old, I think I was, uh, a chance to set up a new process to, to lead a team of 50 people, I, I never could have imagined uh, and then learning how to report out and speak to management, right? We we had weekly uh, Friday afternoon calls with the CEO of the U.S. on progress was made, where we had issues, how we needed to scale, and um, learning how to kind of speak to that management was was a great opportunity early on.
0: And how did you how did you because when you're in your when you're at the beginning of your career, your goal is to stand out, right, or to at least put your your best foot forward and make sure that people know that you're not going to be the first one on the chopping board if, if bad times come so how did you how did yeah. you navigate that tricky balance between absolutely shining but not necessarily wanting to try to outsmart your peers or wanting to be overly alpha in that kind of environment how did you find you know how did you make a good impression yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> assuming you did that's a good question yeah yeah well, yeah <laughs> history will be the judge you know i think I think there was in this in my specific scenario the best and worst thing working in my favor or against my favor was that I was in Buffalo, um, so it was it was hard because everyone who was senior and important the people I wanted to impress were all in New York City. Um, conversely, none of them wanted to be in Buffalo, so we were really on the front lines carrying the spears uh, and swords that they didn't want to carry, and so I think we got a lot of um, support and and. Kudos just, just for doing that. My read over time has been um, over the long run, being collaborative, being supportive of your peers uh, is going to win out more so than than really trying to shine as an individual. It's important to do good work. And whenever you're solely, you know, the best managers will divvy out work so that you have very clear responsibility over exactly what you're responsible for and delivering that to perfection or as close to perfection as you can get is really important. And then as soon as you have capacity and bandwidth, leaning into your peer group and offering help, offering support, asking what more you can do. I think over the long run, um, I'd encourage people even in a competitive field like finance um, to take that collaborative approach. I think it'll be noticed by your peers. It'll be noticed by by your seniors
0: uh, and, and over the long run will be rewarded. Yeah absolutely and so so fast forwarding just a little bit uh, tell me about the decision or the process that you made to move on from that particular role this is all within HSBC that particular role to do an internal yeah. move into another role and i think another country what were your thought process or or maybe you didn't have a thought process maybe it just came upon you and you just got sent where the bank told you just tell me a little bit about that yeah well it's
1: funny you put it that way cuz the, the there was actually a shift happening in this program while from the time I was interviewing till the time I finished my first job really. And historically it was much more a centralized HR function that kind of placed you and sent you where you wanted to go. And that, that was loosening and being distributed a little bit to an extent where if you had a plan, if you had an idea, you could almost pull yourself into the organization uh, to the next role that you wanted. and so. I think that's actually how we met was, uh, you know, a friend of mine who I worked with in Buffalo, um, knew of you, knew you were doing a really interesting job in London and and suggested I reach out to you. So, you know, I do think it's really important to have a plan, right? Um, You want to have at least an idea of where you're going, what you want to do. And the advice I'd give to somebody at, at a university level, and it's advice that I still give myself, is to the degree you can, it's best to to build that plan or that thought in kind of three to five year arcs. Life is a lot longer than we all think when we're in our 20s or even at my age. Um, And there's a lot to be gained in the process and along the way. So don't always feel like, I have to get this next role in the next six months. I have to do this kind of a deal in the next six months because older people won't uh, won't respond well to that. And and really there's a lot of learning that can happen along the way. So I, I actually did a stint, I left Buffalo thinking, all I wanna do is make money for the bank after doing this kind of KYC type role. Um, I spent um, two years in in the private bank in New York. Again, I, I wanted to go abroad, but there was not, I didn't have much of a network in, in the global bank because I was working specifically in the US. Um, and there was a role for a French speaker in New York City. I'd always thought I'd like to live in New York and had a good friend network. So I, I got pulled into that business. And, to be clear, I didn't know anything about private banking. I never in a million years wanted to be or imagine myself as like, you know, a private banker or a financial planner or anything like that. But being open to the opportunity, right? That was the, the best opportunity for me to be generating revenue and working with clients. And, and when I was there, you know, we got to work with really, really interesting people, uh, celebrities and billionaires and politicians, and not only learn from them how they're managing their money. Um, But also, I I found I was always asking them about their businesses if they were involved in business. And so I wanted to get back to something on the commercial investment banking side where my customers were businesses. I think that's when you and I first connected. um, And and I was able to, you know, learn about the capital markets team in London and, and what we were doing there.
0: And was it was it the private bank where you started wearing a bow tie on a Friday? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know that was actually it was thursdays it was both thursdays that was oh, uh, that was started in in buffalo and and i probably should have called that out i think that was a coping mechanism uh, to get me <laughs> through the weeks you know mon- mondays are always tough tuesdays wednesday you know, like it's just a it's just a slog monday and tuesday wednesday you're on hump day so you're starting to see the finale and fridays are always great because they're friday but thursday thursday needs a little bit of spice and a little bit of liveliness and Uh, you know, it always got attention. Uh, I started in Buffalo and I, that continued doing that through most of my career at HSBC. Um, you'll know this when, when I was in the capital markets team in London, uh, the team that you had come from, we were on a floor of, it must've been a thousand capital markets professionals, uh, kind of covering all of Europe and the global head of capital markets sat on that floor and was an American. And I think because of my bow tie, I got a lot of attention, probably not the attention I wanted. Um, but he came over at some point to make some snide remark of, at my, uh, my bow tie. But when he learned I was an American, there's only three of us on the floor. Um, so he ended up, that resulted in him kind of checking in on me every Friday and asking if I'd made money for the bank. What had I done? What had I learned? And so sometimes, you know, sometimes being, being a brash 20 something and wearing something as ridiculous as a bow tie can work in your favor.
0: That's it. Stay tuned for the second half of my conversation with Ross dropping later this week.